not quite dead. A gal pal horror movie discussion podcast. We do deep dives on our favorite scary movies. And sometimes we just keep it shallow. I'm your host, Megan. I'm Kate. Get ready for all the spoilers. sure i watch this at least two to three times a month two to three times a month is so much but definitely checks out (laughs) it's Um, true i'll i'll watch this to like go to bed sometimes it's just so comforting i love this movie uh, my viewing last night was time number seven for me i think Mm -hmm. and um i actually put it on expecting to fall asleep to it because I've seen it so many times that there is like a comfort to it. Um, but um, I, I was really viewing it with an eye um, towards us reviewing and discussing it today. And so I ended up staying up and watching the whole thing. And I feel like I just, uh, this movie is so deep that you can always get so much out of it every time. But I felt like this time I was just seeing and absorbing so much more than I had any other time I'd watched it. Yeah, me too. I hadn't really imagined that I would come out with so much more, you know, from the experience of watching this movie. I'd seen it so many times I was debating whether or not I should even bother watching it. Um, But I'm glad I did because there were a lot of unturned stones in the movie that I've missed, you know, the first 7,000 times through. Yeah, I think that it was always really easy for me to grab onto the story of Thomason in this movie because mm-hmm. she's our she's really our central figure here even though it's about um their whole family because it just feels like she's being put through the ringer for no cause and her end in this movie is because of all of these forces around her. But as I was watching it this time and I was really trying to pay attention to what is the father's story in this movie? What is the mother going through? What are um, the twins even like, what is, what is the twins role in this? What is up with them? (laughs) What is up with them? What is, I mean, Jonas is like, fine but like mercy like heaven like what is oh up with mercy gosh <laughs> little brat um and then the best boy of all the boys Caleb of course yeah poor um, Caleb <laughs> poor doomed I, Caleb I know and and then of course Samuel but he makes just a little cameo in this movie before he's yeah. out um but I just could not I, I can't get over this movie I recommend it to everyone um I think that um we opened the season talking about Blair Witch and how Blair Witch is, you know, in our humble opinions, one of the best American horror movies because it is so quintessentially American. It, it takes these Puritan ideas, um, this fear of the wilderness and the devil uh, and the unknown in the 1600s, and it translates it to, to a modern story. To today. Um, today and then the witch it's just like no this is what the here's where it all started yeah here's what the puritans were afraid of and it feels so real 
Yeah, that's a big theme in this movie that we'll have to talk about as we as we go through it. Just how this movie shows the the lines being blurred between what's real and what is made up and how you can sort of shove in whatever answers you want to make something make sense. Yeah, and that's that's what that's what people used to do and and that caused a lot of real fear. So it's it's a super cool thing to watch this movie. Uh watch these characters go through that in this movie. For sure. This movie I when I realized it came out in 2015, I was really surprised because it feels it feels really timeless. And so when I watch it, I'm like, oh, this could have been made this year. This could have been made last year. It could have been made 20 years. Like it it's just so well done. Um, it was directed and written by Robert Eggers. Um, this was his first um, major motion picture. Um, I think he'd done some independent work before, but when you when you Google Robert Eggers, only three movies come up, and this is his first one, um, which is pretty incredible. And I feel like in this series in particular, we've had like mul- multiple instances of that where like we have first time directors on a horror movie. Yeah, just kind of excellent debut. Um, but I, I found that people who went to go see this, it's funny, Kate, that you say that you recommend this to people because I, I rarely, I have to be, let me correct that. I have to be really choosy about who I recommend this movie to. I remember it being really divisive at the theater. You either loved it or you hated it. You know, that doesn't ever stop me from recommending things because <laughs> I'm always like, I liked this. I want you to oh, like Oh, man. It I'm like, this was great. If you're a cretin and I don't think you're going to like it, then I don't want to tell you about it because I don't want you to shit all over it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, I recommend like all of these horrible horror movies to people. And I'm like, no, you have to love it. You have to love it. And then they come back and they're like, Oh, that scene where they're like mashing up the baby was a little much. That like, scene is you? amazing. <laughs> oh, I love that scene so much. I love how the mashing just becomes the music in the background for the rest of the scene. It's so good and I gross. Know. And it's so thing. <laughs> yeah. Finally, so a good. baby gets it. I love this movie. <laughs> Man, it took us how many seasons? Yeah. This this movie though, um, they shot it on a pretty low budget, $4 million, And I think that they must have put most of this budget into um, the like cinematography, filming, and music because everything else feels like so Puritan. Like you mentioned the clothing, Megan. Like everything about this like movie just feels like so authentic where you're like yeah Robert Eggers himself probably went out and like built that little farmhouse that they live in for, for the yeah it does the seem like the props are very low tech but I wonder um how hard it is to get things to look authentically low tech um there's also some really great actors in this um a lot of, a lot of Game of Throners yes um there's yeah, both the mom and the dad are from Game of Thrones. And then um, Thomason, the daughter, is uh, Anya Taylor-Joy. And she was just mm-hmm. in Emma last year in 2019. Yeah. Um, so they have a pretty good cast, um, which is primarily this family. You don't really see many other characters um, on screen. 
Or if you do, you kind of see them in glimpses. Yeah, they're really the only named characters, I think. And Philip. Them and Philip. <laughs> Which is just like a guy in a goat suit, right? Basically. <laughs> <laughs> Should we do a quick synopsis and just, just run through it? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Um, so the witches set in 1630s New England, a Puritan family, uh, William, Catherine, his daughter Thomason, Caleb, um, their twins, Mercy and Jonas, um, they are banished from their Puritan colony um, because, and this is the wildest thing, because they are religious extremists. They are too extreme for their Puritan community. And so they are told, you got to get with the program or you got to get out of here. And William uh, decides to move his family um, outside of civilization and into the New England woods. And um, a year after this, uh, these events, the um, the, the footage has... surfaced. Just kidding. <laughs> oh my gosh, it is Blair Witch. No, just kidding. Um, um, a year a year later, um, we see that the family has built a farm um, that they're operating, and uh, the mother Catherine has had another baby. And things just go downhill very quickly when Thomason is playing with the baby and the baby disappears. Um, and the rest of this movie is um, this intense mix of internal conflict and paranoia within this family as they start to unravel under the stress of the circumstances, um, layered in with these supernatural um, things happening too that just seem to escalate all of the drama within this family um, as they are um, coming to terms with it, is there a witch in their midst and is the witch one of them and I think that that's I can give I can give the ending of the movie too but I think don't do funny. it all right <laughs> we're not gonna spoil this one just kidding <laughs> we're gonna spoil this it's one. been spoiled <laughs> it's, it's called the There's witch <laughs> and i think that one of my favorite parts about this movie is that it um it commits to certainty yes where, um it shows the damn witch I, it shows the witch and it shows what she does um immediately in this movie yeah so um yeah so when thomason realizes that the baby has gone missing um you see a figure running through the woods, like clutching the baby to its chest, taking the baby to its its room, like house, like cottage in the woods. Um, and then she she chops up that baby. Oh yeah, that's that amazing scene where she's grinding the baby down into a pulp. Um, and yeah, Thomason is like playing peekaboo with this kid, and and she she peekaboos looks and he's just gone and whoever this is that has him is already in the woods like you know a football field away so So it's so creepy but it's also like ridiculous because they spend the rest of the movie trying to convince themselves that a fucking wolf came and took the baby away (laughs) it's the only way they can square their reality is they're like we either have to believe that there's an actual evil force 
um, or there's just a standard evil part of nature, um, or their beloved older daughter has done something terrible to their baby. <laughs> like that's like, and they're like, of these options, we're going to pick the wolf yeah. <laughs> because he's evil lame. It's, it's, it's just like gross. You see how quickly these people decide, you know, I don't want to deal with the reality of my situation. I'd rather just make up a reason that feels better. Uh, and it's hard. It's yeah. hard because, because you see that the mother doesn't want to really give into that. She, after her baby goes missing, she is crying and praying in bed and she is so miserable to her daughter Thomason is immediately blameful of her um and eventually the dad um has to tell his wife he he's like um you have to stop this and like just think about god he's like you're thinking about yourself too much your baby's been gone for a week it's time for you to move oh my god i know think about god what a life (laughs) And so he's really the one who's like, let's not live in reality. Let's yes. just think about God and let's just let's just avert our eyes from this. He is a big loser and you get to watch him grow as a loser throughout the whole movie, which I love. I love this it's dysfunctional rough. family. It's such a dysfunctional family. It feels oddly we- real though. Yeah. Like, um, there's so many of these like moments between the family members where I was like, oh, I recognize that. Yes. Like, I, I know that that's how families are. Um, like, um, I'm trying to think of like the scenes with Thomason just kind of like annoying her, her younger siblings. Like she's so much older than Mercy and Jonas. Um, these two, they're fraternal twins and they've got to be like six, seven. Yeah. They're little um, shits. And Thomason's like 15 or so at this point, maybe. And um, she knows that she can rile them up and scare them. And um, sometimes you're, you're, I'm, I know I've probably like been mean to my little sisters. I know that they Doubt listen it. to this podcast. So, so <laughs> hi. Um, <laughs> but I'm certain that there were times when they were little where I was like, oh yeah, it'd be funny to just like say this and see what their reaction is, you know? <laughs> I my favorite scene, uh, very relatable scene, is uh, Thomason, who is trying to get them to shut up because they won't stop, you know, and screaming at each other. And the two parents are bickering about, you know, making them be quiet and and Thomason get them under control, get them under control. And she's like, they don't listen. And then they start arguing with each other. And she, she's got the kids in the background. All they, they start fighting again. And Thompson is like, is like, Hey kids, be quiet. Right. Cause her parents just told her you're not, you're not mm-hmm. taking control of the situation. And then both of the parents yell at Thomason. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I know, it's so good. And it's like, man, we still do that shit. We do it all the time where we're like, where we're like, stop it. Stop, stop. <laughs> um, Oh man, just like the like acting is so good. Like all of their mannerisms are great. Like every time William is like about to be caught in a lie and he just like pivots away from it, you're like, look at his shifty face. Like he's just so like, you can tell he's like, I'm lying to my wife, but it's fine. 
about the whole thing. Yeah, he's like he's like that dog in that meme with the flames. He's just like everything's fine, even though nothing makes sense and everything's falling apart around me. I'm going to keep chopping this fucking wood because that's all I know how to do. He is such a loser. The greatest burn in this movie is when Thomason is angry at her father and she tells him that he can't hunt. He can't make any money. All he knows how to do is chop wood. I was like, yes, girl. (laughs) And then there is a shot a little bit later into the movie, which is the side of their house. Um, which is so full of chopped wood. And you're like, oh, Thomason, you got him where it really hurts because it's true. All he really can do is chop wood. (laughs) You know, we we talked about, you know, he's he's this like loser who took his family away from the colony and also can't do anything except chop wood. Um, But actually... I I was looking up why people were shunned from Puritan colonies and I'm thinking, oh, you know, they're probably going to be assholes. Like they're probably too extreme. They want, you know, even more restrictions. And actually like what I was reading that it was really more of the opposite. Um, So maybe these guys, you know, maybe they're just a little progressive. Uh, The two people I read about that got exiled, the, the two famous uh, people wanted more freedoms basically like the mm. ann hutchinson wanted people to be able to read so that they could study the bible mm, that's not cool not cool not cool no. and uh, roger williams believed in religious freedom and that the church and state should be separate that seems very yeah very not so, also. so maybe that's why these folks were were excommunicated i don't know I don't know. But he's still a loser. I think it was because of the wood. I I think it was the wood because of the chopping wood. They're like, you gotta gotta chill in the wood, man. Um, No, I I think that um, in the opening when they're talking to him, so this family is before like a tribunal of of Puritans when they're told that they need to leave. Um, And they tell him that... um, he has um, a prideful conceit in his manner. And so it seemed to me like either his religious beliefs or his like unwillingness to compromise or bend was part of the reason why they're excommunicating him. And then you see that with the father over and over again, he has this, it seems like intense desire to be a martyr figure. Um, because he's unwilling to relent to this Puritan community and just follow their rules, even though he can't hunt, he can't make any money, he can't really support his family, and his wife knows it. She tells him that they're all going to starve to death. And <laughs> and the wife at one point, who is very unlikable in this movie, but she's extremely relatable in this moment, she's like, we can just go back. Like, all we need to go do is go back and, like, make peace, and they will take us back. And her husband is like, we can't go back. Like, I will not let us go back. Yeah. He's just so – he just insists. And it's like he's he's now putting them into this situation, and he's refusing to take them out of it. Yeah, he's a mess. You know what, Kate? Uh, I, I had to remember about this movie is um, – 
these two talk about, they reference England. At one point, she says she wants to go back to England. She calls that home. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I had forgotten about that. You know, like, you know, not all these people will have been here for at least a generation. So they're, they're mostly immigrants. They're first gen. Yeah, they're first gen uh, England, England uh, immigrants. That's so yeah. funny. And and the American wilderness was a terrifying <laughs> a place for people. For Puritan immigrants, yeah, they they saw the American continent as this lawless, evil land, and the only way that they could assert control over it um, was by putting civilization on top of it. And that theme of grafting civilization onto nature um, in this movie you see it over and over because you see this family trying to build their own homestead in this terrible nature. Um, It's so gloomy. um, Their crops are failing. They're right on the edge of this wilderness. Um, And you also see them trying to put civilization over their own human nature. I feel like too, where they're like, um, you can't feel certain ways. You're not allowed to feel certain ways. So we're just going to put like all of this religious structure around your life and anything that you do that might be natural, like feel, um, you know, horny or (laughs) feeling like. Unless you're feeling horny for Jesus, then it's fine. (laughs) I mean, that's like kind of it where they're like, we need to find acceptable outlets for this natural behavior where, they're like, we can feel a love that is so strong and approaches sexual desire, but only if it's for Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only acceptable outlet. And so I just, I love this movie and I love that the themes are so complex and like sometimes the themes are like a little at odds with each other, but I really, really appreciate how they laid it out. Yeah. I mean, the Puritans were into fucking at least. You know, like making babies and making more little Puritans. Oh, man. There's that moment where um, William is trying to comfort Catherine about um, losing her her baby. Like so long Um, ago. And he tells them, he says, God has been good to us because this is our first child that we've lost. (laughs) He's like, we could have lost... All of them, which is true. It's the 1600s. They could have lost all of their kids to something or another. Well, they will. But it was just, it's just so, I mean, they will in this movie, but like, it's just so cavalier how, how he's just like, he's like, this is because we weren't grateful enough to God. And so he felt like he needed to just take our baby from us. <laughs> yeah. It has nothing to do with abandoning civilization and heading out into the woods and not knowing how to farm. Uh, the hubris his pride you just see it yeah that's really um curious that you bring that up so his hubris there's a lot of imagery in this movie surrounding mm, I want to say Thomason but also just mothers uh females in this movie and uh, uh blood you know, um, there's, 
there's this scene that we see real quick with um, an egg that falls out of Thomason's basket as she's going around collecting eggs. And instead of it, you know, it falls out and it, it breaks. And instead of yolk coming out as an actual dead, bloody chick, um, we see a few more things. We see like uh, this bloody goat teat. Uh, when she's milking the goat, we see um, imagery of a of a raven eating her mother's bloody tit. Um, we see Thomas and killing her mother. We see a lot of this imagery. So we kind of get this like sense around Thomason that something is happening. There's some sort of like thing happening with her becoming a witch or becoming more connected to witchcraft or just adversity, I guess. Um, but you're right. There's also this element around the father. You know, the father kind of, maybe it's because of his pride. Maybe it's, you know, whatever. But he sort of brings this, this like doom upon his family and his farm. I think he does. I think that this is like, yeah, the movie is so oriented around Thomason where it's, it's hard to distinguish between whether it's trying to tell a coming of age story for a young girl who is um, coming into sexual maturity in an extremely sexually oppressive religious society and them trying to just ascribe like, the things that are happening to you make us uncomfortable. And so any bad thing that happens, we're just going to ascribe to you going forward. Um, or um, is it, yeah, is it that she has this like latent witch tendency in her that's just coming out because of all of this happening? Um, but in this, in this movie with the dad, you just see the imagery that they put around him. When he's out chopping wood, he wears... Um, that white cloth around his waist and um, he with his long hair and his like starvation body he looks like Jesus like he looks very like it looks like very clear like Jesus imagery of him out there chopping the wood Jesus is a carpenter so like all that the dad can do is like manage wood and like build things but he he can't actually convert that to anything else he can't actually bring food in can't like feed his family, can't protect his family. Um, and um, at the end um, of the movie, when William um, is squaring off with Black Philip, I was like, oh, this is our like Jesus surrogate in this movie, literally fighting the devil and losing. Like this is, like, this is like what they're trying to show us is that Will William wants to model himself after someone, but because of his his pride and his lies and like his just general inability to like um, be humble in his society. Like he's not, he's not the savior figure. He's like the, he's like bringing ruin to his family. Yeah. I love how wrong he is about everything. And he thinks he's so right. He's like, and he's swayed so easily. Um, there's that scene <laughs> when where... the kids are fighting right over yes. who's a witch yes when the kids are <laughs> no you no you yeah and he's just like well I guess Thomason's the witch and then she's like no, no it's, it's the children and and he's like I guess the children are witches like he just like he has no like true conviction he's just like 
will listen to whatever the last yeah. thing he said was. Oh my God. Did you die laughing when he uh, nailed them shut in the barn? I loved that he <laughs> was like, I don't know what to do with them. So I'm going to lock all the witch children into the barn with the goats. <laughs> to me, that felt like, uh, I was like, okay, yeah, this is still a dysfunctional family, but that felt like such a real moment of like, I'm a parent and I'm exasperated. I don't know what to do with these children who are witches as it turns out. I'm just going to lock them away. I thought it was so funny and I like cackle every time I see it. It's so great. There's There are some like funny moments in this movie. Um, I think lock, locking them up is pretty good. Um, that scene where um, Caleb, sweet little Caleb wants to <laughs> Um, go into the woods to pick up the trap um, to try and help out his dad. Um, and Thomason's like, you have to let me come with you or I'm going to tell mom and yeah. dad what you're doing, basically. <laughs> and then and then it cuts to um, Caleb leading the horse with his sister on it. She's fucking riding <laughs> the horse, too. I was like, yes. And making, and making him walk. That, it's like, that is such a It's such like a sibling-like relationship right there. It's so funny. Yeah. Oh, the other, yeah. the other totally true scene is um, after, after William confesses that he stole a silver cup to like, you know, sell. This has been Thomason's cross to bear the whole movie, the whole fucking movie. <laughs> and now he finally tells the truth. Oh, it was me. Sorry, my bad. Um, and, and, and Thomason is like, mother let me do these chores for you and she's like no no it can wait and she's like no no I just want to please you let me do it like she's like totally <laughs> taking advantage of this situation of a uh, of a uh, like adversity between her parents to just sort of win her mother's favor which I thought was so yeah. relatable and so funny yeah and I was, like, I was like that bitch's mother never says sorry god no she never apologizes she's so harsh she's she's such a harsh woman and it's like I don't know I just like it she's really difficult to root for even though you're like this woman just had a baby she hates everything about her life because her horrible husband made her move from England where they had glass in their windows (laughs) and now they have children who can't even imagine what glass is like it's so wild (laughs) Oh my gosh. <sighs> Fucking mercy. Uh, she is the worst. I, I, uh, I love that scene where they're in the woods and, um, Thomason is doing, doing laundry in the, in the Creek. Um, mm-hmm. and she's hanging out with her brother and, and there's some weird, there's some weird gross, like incest stuff happening. We'll, we'll talk about that. But then mercy just comes out of nowhere they're having a good time and she's just like, Hey, I'm a witch. I'm going to fuck with you. And she's just like, clickety clackety, clickety clackety. <laughs> but her, Driving them her voice though, her voice is so like, like if I was her sibling, I would be like, she's possessed, right guys? Yeah. Like there's no way that she's not possessed because no six-year-old talks like this. Like the mercy and, and Jonas are these little like six-year-old twins Jonas actually talks and kind of looks like a six-year-old and then there's something about Mercy where she's just like do you have an actual witch spirit inside of you like why are you like this 
Yeah, the first time I watched this movie, I was like, they all kind of seem witchy. I don't trust any of them. Um, but but I, you know, every time I watch this, I I've I've thought about that a little more, and this time especially, I don't I don't know if they're meant to be. I just can't tell. I, I'm not sure if it's defined whether they are enchanted or not. I think the two of them are definitely talking to Philip. I think Philip yes. is probably talking to them. I think Philip is talking to them because of those songs they sing. Yeah. Who else would have taught them? They sing these nursery, nursery rhyme type songs about Black Philip, this large black he goat that lives on their farm and they run around and they have many songs about black Philip and um, they're, they're good songs. So I have to imagine that Philip is teaching them these songs at least. Yeah. But they don't seem like they are possessed to me. They just seem to me like they're little bratty kids. Like the way they they're come in and out. Yeah. The... They come in and out of it where like sometimes they seem like, the mask like slips and they're little kids again and they're like genuinely scared or they like start doing something that makes them both seem like kids. And then sometimes when you have Mercy going, clickety clackety, clickety clackety, <laughs> I am the witch of the woods. Like you're like, Mercy, where did you learn that? Well, I I think this is one of those moments that crosses the the boundaries between being real and being and being made up like you could just you could explain the behavioral way either way they could be possessed mm. they could also just be little shits yes there's so much of that line blurring between what was just a hardship of puritan times and what is the work of the devil and the puritans couldn't distinguish that for themselves for the most part <laughs> They, they had no idea what would cause a crop blight one year and not the next. What would make someone feverish and rambling and incoherent and not infect the rest right. of the family. All of these things that are unexplainable and negative must be the work of the devil. Right. And so in, in this movie where, where you're watching it, it's easy to like, it's almost easy to forget that at the beginning of the movie that you saw an actual witch um, kill a baby so that she could use it to fly. Like they show you that at the beginning of the movie and then they just move on. Like it doesn't like waste its time there. It just moves on and moves into the rest of the movie. And so when you see something later, you're like, Oh yeah, his crops failed because he probably farmed in like a shitty place. Like he probably shouldn't have farmed. Right. Yeah. It, it could go either way. It could go either yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. I think that um, the, the nature, um, you know, nature versus devil, real versus not real line blurring that we see. Um, I think one of the best examples is <laughs> with, <laughs> you're laughing. I don't know if we're going to say, I don't know if we're thinking of the same thing. I was going to say when Caleb, gets sick yeah <laughs> totally yeah. okay great great I love it um, so and we know we know why he's sick and dies we see that he and Thomason after they go through the forest and he gets lost 
And um, sidebar here, when he gets lost, he ends up in the middle of like a legitimate bramble. And he just keeps on like fighting his way through the bramble. Yeah. There are no trails. There's no trails, but also like how did, how did he get, he didn't, when he was, was first coming through the forest with Thomason, they didn't go through a bramble. And so I feel like, I don't know. It's kind of like Blair Witch all mm-hmm. over again, where it's like, where it's like, why didn't you guys just follow the river? It's like, Caleb, if you didn't go through a bramble the first time, you don't have to go through a bramble now <laughs> to get home. That's not how it works. <laughs> anyway, sidebar closed. Um, but anyway, he finds that um, there is a witch in the woods. And, and she, she is, is hot. She's sexy. She is a seductive witch with big tits which we know caleb likes and um poor caleb he's like a 12 year old I in know. This movie. oh my god he's stuck checking out his sister on multiple occasions because that's the only titties he's gonna see his whole freaking life i can't this is why you don't do that homesteader stuff where you're like the only family yeah that's why the they don't do it because things get weird yeah, things get really gross. weird puritans were not into incest by the way they were not cool with that shit it makes sense yeah it's been a taboo for a very long yeah. time. But anyway, um, so but we know we know Caleb gets seduced by this witch. Um, and it's still like questionable why he's so sick when he returns to the farm. Cause he could I mean he was out in the rain. Right. It, it could have been anything. Back. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, so, we know yeah. the audience, but it is one of those things where I mean, he, yeah, he could just be sick from being exposed. But then the beautiful thing is, so he's, he's feverish. Mm-hmm. Um, he can't talk. Um, he gets, he gets lockjaw at one point and they literally like slightly like cut his mouth. Yeah. They like put a knife in his mouth to like try and help open up his mouth. And this rotten apple falls out of his mouth, which is just so perfect. Mm-hmm um yeah you you pointed you pointed something out that I hadn't thought of my interpretation of that is that um Caleb was uh, a perfect angel boy this whole movie and um he could recite all of the scripture on cue from his dad um he was deeply concerned about the salvation of the soul of his um missing baby brother and um, his dad teaches him to lie, where he's like, we're not going to tell your mom what we're doing right now in the woods um, because she'll get super mad. Because I we'll stole tell her, her about cup. It. <laughs> yeah, he's like, we'll tell her about it later, but we're not going to tell her about it now. And so Caleb's just like, oh, we're just going to lie to her. And then Caleb, when they see the mom, he just starts piling on lies yeah. and the dad, you just see the dad's face where he's like, what did I do? Because he's like, we went to the Valley cause we were going to pick apples for you because it was going to be a surprise for you because yeah. dad wanted to cheer you up. It's just like, lie, lie, lie. And but it's it really so sweet. Him. Cause he's trying to help his stupid loser dad. He's trying to help his dad and cheer his mom up. He's just doing it for family harmony. But we see later that, um, the two, the two kind of sinful things that, that Caleb partakes in in this movie is, you know, 
checking out his sister's breasts anytime he can um, is what eventually lures him to this witch because she's seducing him. And then he lied about the apple picking. And when he is in his like convulsive febrile like state, um, he coughs up this bloody apple and it's like, yeah, he lied about the apple picking and it's now come back to him. And the apple of course is like classic religious, you know, symbol, um, eat, you know, eating of the fruit. Like he learned how to lie, right? Like Caleb learned how to lie and he lied about apples and he coughed up an apple. Mm-hmm. It's just like a kind of perfect little loop. Yeah. There's also some cool imagery with, um, the mother. She's, you know, she's so obsessed, so obsessed for the last seven days over the loss of her newborn baby. <laughs> yeah. Get uh, over it. Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it sort of just becomes like her prison, her, her emotional prison, um, and we see this really yeah. cool imagery with this raven pecking away at her breast. It's so fucking disgusting. It's like, I hate watching it. I, I can't watch it. Um, it's really hard to watch. It's, it's short gross. at least. Yeah, it's short. Yeah. It's just like cackling and and she thinks she's breastfeeding her baby, but it's just a rob, uh, not a robin. It's just a raven like pecking away at her bloody boob and I'm... Ugh, it's so gross. But I think I think it's similar to what you're talking about. It's it's sort of like a like a penance for that desire or for that fault. Every, everyone gets what is coming to them, I think. I think it's it's like a perfect character arc for each character. Um we see the mother breastfeeding at the beginning of the movie. Um and then the crow uh, raven pecking at her breast at the end of the movie. Um, we see her, um, I think obs- you use the word obsessed like kind of funnily, but I think that she does obsess over um, her baby. And I think it's because Thomason is not a child anymore. So there is, I feel like there's this degree of she's like, Thomason is becoming an adult. So we now need to expect adult things from Thomason. And that makes her uncomfortable, but it also makes her really cling onto her baby Yeah, and being a mother, even though like looking at her and William, they're um, much older parents. Like it's kind of impressive that they're still having a baby <laughs> in this time. Yeah. Speaking of the kids getting older, speaking of Thomason specifically getting older, um, there was this really really sad scene earlier in the movie where the parents are you know freaking out about how they're going to survive the winter since all their crops are failing and um you know these guys are living in this little shack basically in the middle of the woods and there's no insulation you can hear everything going on from no matter where you are in this house and the parents basically sleep below the loft, which is where all their kids sleep. And the kids can sit there hearing them talk about giving away Thomason to another family. And yeah, and that's a horrifying thing to think about. I mean, I don't know if everybody thinks about that. Uh, you know, I, I know this movie doesn't get a lot of credit all the time for being a true horror movie, but those are some really terrifying propositions to be faced with. I know because you can just imagine 
this family is on the the brink of starvation. Um, the dad at one point says, we will fast tomorrow to prove ourselves to God. And it's like, we're fasting tomorrow because we don't have enough food to get through the weekend. <laughs> dad. Go chop some wood. Um, um, so we see with this family that things are like, um, progressing really rapidly, really badly. And so your options are, um, how do we get more money? And you look at your children and you're like, we can definitely send one of these off and she will send us back money. Like she'll go work in a house and we'll have her send back money. And what are they going to do with money? I think to be able to go into town to actually buy supplies, oh which the dad does periodically. Okay. All right. All but right. It takes a, it, it takes a full day's yeah. horse ride it's to get into so town. It's so inefficient. It's so far. And the fact that he, they still do rely on the town. Like, he went into the town to sell, to sell the silver cup. Right. And right, used right. that to then buy the traps. Right. And was going to use the traps to then get fur and meat so that he could then go sell fur. Like, yeah. he's, basically, he's basically, like, hiding from his wife and family that he's still participating in society. Yeah. He's making the rest of them just suffer and like try and like reap the little that yeah. he sows. Um, whereas he's like covertly using the means of this Puritan society to try and keep them afloat. Such a hypocrite. Secretly. So hypocritical, extremely hypocritical. And poor Thomason, who's just got no agency in this matter. Um, she would just know that they're going to send her away and that there's truly nothing that they could do. There's no circumstance that could really happen to her where she could say that she's not going. Even if something really bad happened to her, like at the house that she would be going to, there's no way that she'd be able to just come back. Yeah, I love the scene when she confronts her father about this. And she's like, you've been wanting me to tell the truth about being a witch. I am telling you the truth. And you've been lying to us about the cup, about the crops, about sending me away. Like, you're a fucking liar, Dad. I love it. It's so good. It's so satisfying. It is really good. And I think that um, I want to, like, dig into Thomason because, like, I feel like we've been talking, like, around Thomason and all the stuff going on with her when she's, like, our, our little shining witch star of this movie. and. Um, she is, uh, she's coming of age, you know, they, they, the mom mentions, you know, she's starting her womanhood. So maybe we go send her to go live in someone else's house. Um, they, um, they, they all have a very strange relationship to Thomas and her, her brother checks her out. The mom accuses her of like encouraging that. And yeah. the mom is really going off, going off the deep end. The mom accuses her of potentially, eventually seducing the father um it's like there's this real latent fear of maturing womanhood in this movie it feels so rednecky these arguments that they're having like are you fucking serious the mother comes out at the very end when everyone's dead and thomason has been like you know, passed out all night and kind of wakes up to this horrible scene of death, gets a little blood on her 
because everyone around her is dead and she was, you know, trapped inside this fire hazard as a punishment. And her mother is like, you have their blood on your hands. Like, she's so fucking literal. She thinks Thomason has done this because Mm -hmm. she has some blood on her. She's crazy. This woman is crazy. It's very superficial. It's a very superficial reading of the scene (laughs) by Thomason's mom. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I think scary family. It's very scary. And Thomason is a teenage girl, and so she's not she's not always nice um to her siblings. Um she kind of gets in the middle of like arguments um with her parents and with the other kids and um she's stuck in that really like hard position that kids get stuck in sometimes of um feeling like you're adult enough to participate in some adult things, but not being adult enough to actually have that level of respect yeah. that your parents So did. frustrating. It's such a frustrating and yeah. time. And you, I feel like you can tell that she wants that agency. She wants to be able to be involved and make choices. And that is not Puritan. The Puritans are <laughs> all about predestination, which comes up in this, in this movie where um, they believe that some people are sinners damned to eternal hell and some are sinners who eventually redeem themselves and make it to heaven. And it doesn't really matter what you do because it's just how you were born. And um, so I think if we think of that in, in context of Thomason, it's it's like the Puritans would have believed that no matter what she did, no matter what her circumstance was, she would have always become a witch. And I find that really interesting to think about. Yeah, I, I I didn't feel like, you know, she had a choice here. She's been so indoctrinated into this society. I mean, when she is, she's basically fighting for her life against her mother at the very end. Her mother's trying to kill her <laughs> because, you know, Puritans. Um, and she's screaming at her like, please stop. I love you. I love you. Don't hit me. You know, um, and... And she has to kill her own mother and she's, she's so distraught over it, but her mother's been so abusive this whole, this whole time. And I, I just felt so bad for her. Like, where the hell is this girl supposed to turn? Nobody's been there for her. You know, everyone's been working against her except her brother. And yeah, now he's dead. <laughs> yeah. We saw what happened to him. I, I really, locked on at the beginning of this movie that one of the first scenes we see of Thomason is her Mm -hmm. praying and she and as she's praying she's she admits to all of the sins that she does she she says that she um is idle in chores she argues with her parents she breaks all of the commandments in her fantasies um and that she just wants to be forgiven. She just, she's asking God to forgive her. And she's really laying herself bare, which is not something that anyone else in her family does. No one else in their family is as ready to admit that they're a sinner um, in the same way or like admit to their like, like thoughts. Like even, even good little Caleb, we don't really get a scene of him like repenting for Sneegan looks at his sister, you know, and we don't see him ever like repent for lying. Um, but we do see Thomason pray 
and she asks to be forgiven. And then God never answers her prayer. But I do think that Black Philip, the mm-hmm. devil, was listening and was like, this is someone who is yeah. um, already sinning, already comfortably sinning quite frequently and can just just kind of corrupt her and just take her to right. the Right. She's kind of hung out to dry anyway because, you know, her family's basically abandoned her. Yeah. Pretty much. And this is really like a – it's really the story of Job, right? If you think of William as the Job figure here, his wife even at one point says, like, I've become Job's wife because she's being so horrible <laughs> to him. And, um, you know, in the story of Job, it's it's God and the devil. And, and God's like, hey, I can let all of these terrible things happen to him and he'll never stop believing in God. And um, that's really kind of what we see happen to to William. He never kind of renounces or anything, but he does die. He does die at the the end, just totally squaring off. Yeah, with it was Philip. a fitting end. It was crazy though when I when I saw that happen the first um, time. I was like, oh, now what? <laughs> now what does Thomason do? Yeah, when you realize at that point that there's still like ten minutes left in the movie, you're like, huh. Tom, yeah, and and Thomason, Thomason has to, you know, throw her mother's dead body off of her, and she is like bewildered. She doesn't know what to do, and she takes us into the third act. Um, she she goes inside a, a barn or you know some some I forget where it is. Do you remember where it is? It's it's like yeah, the it's their um, it's their goat shed. Yeah. It's, yeah, they go inside of the goat shed where they have to put the, the goats to sleep. Yeah, and, and she ends up falling asleep there, which I thought was really funny. You know, I, I'm, sh- oh, I'm sure there's... Can we back up? What? Can we, can we back up? Yes. I, I thought you were talking about something else. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, hmm. that's just inside of their house. Is it really? Because it, it looks like it's outside. It's not? Okay. I, think it's, I think it's because normally we only see inside of their house... I mean, maybe yeah. it is a workshop, but it, it really did look like it was inside of their house. Okay. There's like a, there's like a dining room table. She sits down yeah. and puts her head on. Okay. It's just that there's like dirt everywhere. So I don't know what the fuck is inside and what's outside. <laughs> well, I beer guess because they're beer tins. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, girl, why don't you just go up to your bed? Like, why are you sleeping there? And she sleeps. I just so traumatizing. Yeah. I was like, this and must have been so awful. There's this like half second where... She's covered in blood and she considers taking her dress off and she stops and then just grabs like a blanket or like her father's coat or something and like wraps it around her instead of like taking her dress off and then just falls asleep at the table. Yeah. I really liked, I really liked that moment. Yeah. Cause I like when later when she does take off her clothes. Cause I was like, oh, now she's like really, yeah. she's really there. Now she she's like it. <laughs> yeah she's committed to it now yeah, yeah. so she wakes yeah. up and it's it's like pitch black and terrifying she's terrifying alone and doesn't have food and doesn't have There's nothing anybody yeah she's nobody she has she has black philip she isn't yeah there's no horse there's no one around them for a day's ride they are truly alone and so she just seems like she's drawn to the goat barn. Yeah, she knows that her siblings have been talking to Black Philip. So she's like, you know what? 
let me give this a go. I got nothing else to lose. I mean, that's how it felt, you know, like she's kind of just moved on. Let's see what Black Phillip has to offer. And she goes to talk to Black Phillip and you don't see the goat anymore um, at this point in the scene anyway. You see her talking to the camera who you assume is is Black Phillip and she's trying to get Black Phillip to talk and and the audience is just waiting. We're waiting to hear Philip talk. And I and I remember thinking like are they going to show the goat talking cuz that's going to look really stupid. <laughs> and they didn't. But they do you one better that's and so good. they have they have oh I get like goosebumps thinking about it because it's done so well Perfect. is Black Philip is asking her this perfect series of questions um, of what whether she would like to stay in her current life or whether she would like to have all of the benefits the devil has to offer. And he tran- you don't see a transition. You just see his like footfalls as he's like, he's the devil. He's this man in like these shiny, beautiful leather boots and like slacks yeah and yeah yeah oh I was just gonna say at some point he's he I think he offers her butter you know yes butter pretty dresses yeah yeah I'm like uh yeah I'm gonna choose butter over this fucking cult that treats me like shit (laughs) me with you I know it's incredible um there was one time I was watching this movie and I was watching it in significantly higher definition than the movie I have at home. So like we have the witch at home, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just, I don't think it's in standard, but I don't think it's in like 4k or like high def or anything like that. Um, and I watched it in high def and I realized that if you have like the correct settings on your TV in a high enough definition, um, when the devil is walking behind her, you can make out the lower half of his face. Mm, yeah. Have you? Yeah. Have you seen that? You might have a high enough definition to see it. Because I feel Absolutely. like I, it was at your house that I noticed it. I haven't. I don't remember looking for it, but I believe you. I because yeah. otherwise it just looks like there's someone walking behind her in blackness talking to her. But um, I would say that if you're if you're interested in watching this movie and you're curious about it, it gave me like the first time, which is probably like the fourth or so time I've seen this movie, when I realized that you could see a little bit of him walking behind her, it just like, because it would have been really easy for them to just not yeah. film anything behind her. And so it's really good because it's really creepy. It is creepy. I, I don't, I, I'm pretty sure I would also choose to go with the devil at this point. There's nothing else for her. If she goes back to that town, they're going to... They're going to call her a witch. They're going to call her a witch because she'll be a, a solo woman who has a father who was bored to death. <laughs> the, the Like her mother, who she like chopped up in the face. Like there's no good solution no. for her here. I, I, no. It, you know, it, this is funny. This is a funny connection. Um, In the stand, there's this character who he he is a he's a bad guy um who sides with the devil and and at the start of the plague he is already in jail but because the plague hits um and he is one of you know the only people on earth who has survived he's basically starving to death he is also approached by the devil 
with the same question, right? Stay where you are or come with me and have a cheeseburger. And I've, I've always, this, this is like the same situation. And I, I've always thought that situation is so goddamn unfair. It's so unfair. It is. What are you supposed to do? You're just backed into a corner at that point. It's like the only way out is through the devil. And so I don't know how you can blame them, but I mean, I it really seems like the devil is a more active force than God is in these situations. Like we have multiple manifestations of evil in this movie at work. We have um, Black Philip as the devil. Mercy and Jonas might be his agents. There's um, some might just be little assholes. We don't know. They might be little assholes. <laughs> There's, a, there's at least one witch in the woods. Yeah. Oh, uh, um, yeah. And then at the end of the movie, um, because we see the, the older witch who takes the baby and is the one who actually ends up in the barn later, um, she might be the same witch as the, the hot witch that lured Caleb. Yeah, because she also um, got a gross hand at some point. Right. So, like, she probably is the same witch, but she there might be more. Because then at the very end, we do know that there's at least a, bunch. a dozen, right? A dozen witches in, in these woods. And we see that there's all of these like kind of agents of evil and there's this dark woods. And um, you also have the rabbit who's who's like luring the dog and like startling oh, the horse. Fowler. Yeah. And um, just like all of this kind of like going on it's like almost like chaotic like how much like evil there is but we don't see any like beacon of light we don't see any like godlike figure that's like coming in to help them and so these guys are trying so hard like william is like if my family is just more religious we'll be fine because god's not really stepping in yeah and and i guess that's what I guess that's that's part of what faith is, right? Just just sort of trusting in in God. But um boy, that is that is a hard sell at that point in the game. Well, I guess it I guess it <laughs> makes you really believe like it at least it's almost like the negative is a positive affirmation. If you're like, I'm seeing actual signs of the devil and my faith tells me that there can be no um devil without a god then you're like, well, at least I know there's a God. Like there's like something, you see what I mean? Like there's something like affirming about it. Yeah, that's like, true. It's not like, it's not like you'd see the devil and you'd be like, there is no God. You'd be like, well, something had to make the devil. So I can at least continue believing. I guess. Anyway, well, that's, that's another, that's a, that's a long-winded conversation that I will, that I will <laughs> not. That'll be for it. our religious studies yeah. podcast. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, 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 that's, that's how the movie ends. She, she finally meets up with the witches and decides to join the fun and then she gets to have butter and dresses and, and travel around. That's what was promised anyway. I love the ending. I love that Thomason, um, sheds all of her socially constructed clothing Mm -hmm. Um, gets down back to nature and walks into those spooky ass woods in the middle of the night um, and finds a coven of women um, who are making the most terrifying <laughs> chanting and singing noises I have ever heard. Yes. And I gotta tell you, 
I got to tell you, if this movie had been written and directed by a woman, I think that they would have made this exact movie. Every single thing about this movie would have been exactly the same, except at the very end, all of the women women would have like group hugged her. Like they would have been, it would have been like, so? yeah, you're here. <laughs> I think it would have been like, yeah, it would have been like sisterhood. Like everything like would have been oh. the same, except they would have, except they would have been like, like, yes, you're part of us now. And like, look at how fun and exciting like being a witch is going to be. Whereas this was just like, oh, women are evil and like terrifying when they're witches because it was so scary. I think I prefer the ending this way. I I, <laughs> I love those creepy ass women. They're, I mean, that's like their job, right? In this story, they're supposed to be freaky and I don't know, um, just ethereal I don't know I I, I kind of love it I kind of love that that it's it's not even about the individual anymore at that point like what's important is being <clears throat> sorry what's important is being part of that coven you know like participating in the chant and and she's sort of like just absorbed into it yeah yeah it is very cool. I do like the ending a lot. And I like that she flies. Like, <laughs> no, that's I, I so like cool. that this movie, this movie, like, it doesn't leave things vague. It's right. like, no, there are witches. Like, she is, like, you thought this whole movie that she was going to be blamed for being a witch. And I think in, like, a standard kind of horror movie, she would, like, the horrifying thing would be being accused of being a witch mm -hmm. and being persecuted for it when you're not actually a witch. This movie, it's like, well, maybe it was all kind of worth it in the end because she did eventually become a witch. Um, and I do really like that. Yeah, that's a really interesting take. I um I like I like that this movie confirms that there's witches in this universe. This is all real. Um the devil is real and all that. But also if you took those elements out of it, it would still be very scary. It would still be very it scary would. to see this family go through what they're going through. And I think that's why I love this movie because it works on both levels. It is literally very scary. And if you believe in this sort of thing, it's even more scary. <laughs> like there's a supernatural right. element to it. Um, right. You know, or if you let yourself, you know, get into that for this type of movie. Yeah. Which, which I love to do. So I, I love this movie so much. I think it's a really great horror movie. You're right. I should recommend it to everybody. <laughs> recommend it to everybody. It's so good. I, I think that um, I love that this movie is The Witch subtitled A New England mm -hmm. Folktale mm -hmm. because of, um, you know, the historical accuracy mm -hmm. of like the clothing, set design. Um, there's a little tag at the end that says that the dialogue was mostly taken from journals, ephemera from that time. And so it's, it sounds like what people from that era would have talked mm -hmm. like and spoken mm -hmm. like. And um, it's so difficult to understand. I fully admit and own to that I always use subtitles when I watch this movie. Um, and I think it helps a lot because I think that it just like, gives you the full scope of like what everyone is saying it's funny I like for some reason I had an easy time picking this movie up 
I think just, I don't know. I like, I'm not usually like that. Um, I just like gobbled it up, I guess. The Williams voice it's, is so Yeah, deep. it's hard. It's it's so difficult. It so I do like yeah, so I still keep subtitles on even even just That's so, so funny. I can, so I can follow along. This movie is like okay, I'm I'm we're really talking this movie up a lot. Um anyways, I am a total fan girl. So this movie is like something I would share with um maybe a foreign friend and say, Hey, do you wanna you know, like learn a little bit about early American like folklore, right? Like this feels like mm-hmm. historically accurate to share as far as um, understanding what a culture was like. I just think this movie's super cool as an American. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I um, <laughs> I have a bachelor's degree in English, <laughs> so I am a an expert on all yes. of these things. But no, based on the um, based on the early American literature and Puritan literature that we read, and then later interpretations of Puritan literature like Nathaniel Hawthorne, Scarlet Letter type stuff, like these themes are so prevalent of religious extremism and um, fear of the natural, whether it's it's nature itself or the workings of the female body. <laughs> um, the um yeah the tension between good and evil civilization versus wilderness like you just see it over and over and over again um and then the the other piece too is the accuracy around um the witchcraft um is just pretty pretty intense i took this i took this class on on witchcraft in um, did you really have fun i it was really good because it was about um, the history of witchcraft and like the person, like religious persecution mm-hmm. of witches um, from, you know, um, ancient times all the way to modern times and how like group think and mania really drive like witch mm-hmm. hunts and how witch hunts just happen, um, you know, over and over. Yeah. But anyway, we read a lot of, um, early literature um and there was this this book that was published in the um uh 1400s maybe like early 1500s and it was called malleus maleficarum and it was this book about witchcraft that was basically used as this like witch hunting bible and they had all of this wild stuff in there about the things that witches would do and one of the things, and I got so excited when I when I saw the witch for the mm-hmm. first time because it reminded me of this class I took was, um, a a pretty strong belief at the time was that, um, that witches would take blood, um, and put it on you know either broomsticks mm-hmm. or on, um, just like you know a a piece of like wood or something, and then they would <laughs> masturbate with it. And then that is what would allow them to fly. (laughs) And so at the beginning of this movie where it's like, that's basically what happens. I was like, man, like Robert Eggers, like he was going back to like old literature on witches and witchcraft and like the history of like witch hunting and like all of those fears where people 
you know, people for hundreds of years were so afraid of witches that they just ascribed to them the most horrifying things that you can think of. Like, yeah, you know, like the things that they would have to do to fly or like eating eyeballs <laughs> or like just like all of this stuff. Where you're so, like, That's gross so gross and just, and it was yeah, just, so raw. Yeah. They take all of their nightmares yeah. and they're just like, those are witches. Witches do all the nightmare stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so I love it. I think it's yeah. Great. He did his research. Ugh, love this movie. Appreciate it so much. Um, Me too. But you know the true the true villains of the of the film really aren't the witch. It's not her fault. She's a witch. It's it's really just the culture of being a Puritan. And so I wanted to ask you, Kate, what do you think would be worse, being a Puritan? Or being a part of Bikram Chowdhury's yoga sex cult? Ooh, what a spicy question. What would be worse? What would be worse? I think being a Puritan would be worse. That's going to be a controversial answer, but I'm going <laughs> to stick with it. <laughs> oh, you? oh you I think? agree with you, but I, I wanna, I'm curious as to why, why you picked that. Um, I think because I bet we'll like, have the same answers. <laughs> okay, so I think like being a Puritan, extremely austere, extremely religious, um, could be accused of being a witch, um, if you're in the right time period, um, just no freedom, and I think you know if you're in the yoga sex cult, then um, you get a lot of exercise. Um, so you probably look pretty good and you can probably talk about whatever you want without being accused of being a witch. <laughs> probably. <laughs> it just seems better. Yeah. It seems a little bit better. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. Um, actually you hit some, some items that I hadn't thought of. So that's good. I would also pick the yoga sex cult because, uh, yes, a, I wasn't going to say I'd look good, but I'd feel better cause I'd be at least pretty stretchy. Um, mm -hmm. but also when you're a Puritan, like that's your, that's your, you know, you're, you're stuck with other Puritans. That's it. These guys tried to leave their colony. They weren't even trying to truly, like truly leave the religion and they, you know, got attacked by a witch. Um, so it seems like there's no escape from being a Puritan, but <laughs> you can like, you can run away from, from the, from the sex cult. You can at some point get away. Like, like there is that True. possibility. We know about it. <laughs> yeah. We know about it now. Yeah. So they're already uh, freed. They're good. I think the, uh, I think the sexual abuse is like, you know, pretty fucking bad, but, uh, I think the ability to get away is, is key. <laughs> I think so too. I think that's a pretty good marker for your cult, right? Is like how escapable yeah. is your cult if things start getting real yeah. bad. And like having to excommunicate yourself to the woods um, seems a little bit worse than um, just, you know, moving back in with your parents. Yeah. So I would go with the, the sex cult. All right. And don't forget, that is our question of the episode. So this season, we are asking... Um, a question per episode. This was our question. Um, make sure to check out our Instagram and leave your answer on our episode post. 
Uh, we'll have the details there too, so you don't miss it. Um, but what would you rather do? Would you would you rather be a Puritan or in Bikram Chowdhury's yoga sex cult? And if you if you answer, if you do all the stuff that we ask you to do, we will ship you a free sticker. And all the details will be on our blog because this is not an unending promotion, guys. Get serious. It's season t- uh, three. Oh my gosh, we've been doing this for so three. long. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, catch you guys later. See ya. This was Not Quite Dead. Check out our other episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Not Quite Dead Podcast. And follow our blog for bonus content at NotQuiteDeadPodcast.com. Thanks for listening. Happy watching. Be the witch of the wood. Clackety clackety. Clackety clackety.